0: Dale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that is taped after dark. And I'm so glad that you could join us for this episode. Join us. Join us. Join us. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Chapter 54 Fear the Reaper. Oh, man. Not Don't Fear the Reaper. That's a different thing. Yeah. That's all. That's a fear whole song. It. Do you want to sing us a few bars, Pete? No, I'm good. Thanks for asking, Mel. <laughs> no that's problem. super nice of you. I didn't want to, you know, pimp you out or anything like that. I just, just wanted to, to check. It was like you were No, I out. just wanted to check and make sure. Justin is off this week, which He's is a real- He's on vacation.
1: He's living the life. He is. Are you sure that he didn't join the farm? Oh, my God. What's with you and Justin- Pushing your farm agenda. No, I, I got to say, after this episode, I am out of the farm. Yes, <laughs> finally, done. I have done. Finally, I have
0: done. This fin- was. Uh, we'll certainly get into it in a second, Jesus. but this was one of the creepiest episodes. It
1: might, like it's been creepy the whole time, and now all of a sudden you're realizing it was no. Creepy. But this episode,
0: the way that it played out, like freaked me the F out. It's dude. about time,
1: dude. I've been freaked out the whole time.
0: Still really like Edgar and Evelyn, though. They're great. Fuck you. Okay, I'm kidding. Let's get into the recap. So, a bunch of stuff leading into oh, this man. episode. I don't even know where to start. How been, can you recap uh, it? There's been <laughs> two <laughs> threats facing the town of Riverdale. The first one is the Gargoyle King, a stick monster who is behind an evil role-playing game called Griffins and Gargoyles. G&G,
1: baby. g uh, g
0: <laughs> We've seen a bunch of Gargoyles Gargoyle Kings, but we are now down to the uber Gargoyle King, Uh the last Gargoyle King. We think. We we think.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Maybe there's... Yeah, you don't know.
0: There's three episodes left. There's uh, maybe,
1: you know... Could be Gargoyle King every episode. Who knows? Yeah.
0: That's the new format of the show. Every episode of Gargoyle Kick reveal. Uh, But his main minion is a guy named Kurtz, who used to work for Gladys Jones. Gladys Jones is the matriarch of the Jones family. She is also secretly a drug dealer. She's been dealing uh, G-tainted fizzle rocks throughout the town of Riverdale. Um, Or rather, Kurtz has been doing that. Uh, He used to be working for Gladys, as we find out this episode. We'll get to that in a moment. Gladys is keeping that secret from F.P. Jones. F.P. Jones is currently the sheriff of Riverdale, former leader of the Southside Serpents gang. The current leader is his son, Jughead Jones. Uh, Jughead is working very closely with F.P. and the sheriff's department. And they kept their eye off the ball because what we found out at the end of the last episode is a little dude named Ricky Dos Santos, who also works for the Gargoyle King May or may not have kidnapped Jellybean Jones, Jughead's little sister, lured her into the woods to meet the Gargoyle King, and Kurtz challenged the Jones family to one final game of G&G Save the princess, meaning Princess Jellybean. Jellybean, So we'll see how that plays out this episode. Meanwhile, Betty has been dealing with her own threat, which, as we mentioned, is the farm, a Scientology, wild, wild country-esque cult that uh, has invaded Riverdale. It's been slowly bubbling under the surface. Pretty much since the first season, we have found out, uh, because they originally sucked in Polly Cooper, Betty's sister, as well as her young twin babies, uh, then Alice Cooper, Betty's mom. That her friends, Kevin and Fangs, also Cheryl Blossom, got absorbed by the cult a couple of episodes back. Uh, and Tony, well, Tony went undercover working for Betty. That's what we found out the last episode. Tony joined. But the that's cult. what
1: happened with Cheryl, too. We'll get to that in a second. Nah.
0: I'm i I'm uh, verklempt, let's yeah. say. Nah. Uh, so uh, Tony went undercover working as a double agent for Betty to try to get Cheryl and Alice out of the cult, out of the farm, or at least find out more information. That's been Betty's backup plan the entire time. Um, also in the cult, we mentioned Edgar Evernever is the head of the cult. His daughter... <laughs> His daughter is Evelyn Evernever. She goes to school and recruits people at the school. Find out some real interesting information about them this episode. That also we'll get into the in moment. Um, and Edgar Ever Edgar Evernever is played by Chad Michael Murray. We don't know a lot about him. Betty hasn't found out any information about him online or his name online. He tells us a very nice story in the last episode, but certainly with some details missing about his past. So that's what Betty's been dealing with. Meanwhile, Archie killed a dude. Uh, he yeah. was, he's been heavily into boxing. He has his own boxing gym, El Rayal. He got involved in a Golden Gloves competition run by Elio, the teen mobster who's been going up against him and Veronica over the past season or so. Uh, and Elio juiced up Randy Van Ronson, his opponent. Archie punched him, and Randy fell down seemingly dead. Meanwhile, Veronica is back friends with Archie again. She is always in her corner, his corner, as she said. So they're working together. Archie has been dating Josie, though, not Veronica. uh, And that's been going pretty well. So that's nice. Yeah. yeah, Uh, Who
1: else do we need to? Josie, you know, still plugging away at her singing stuff, trying to. Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's pretty nice as well. I think that pretty much covers it. I'm sure there's something that I'm missing because there's always something I'm missing on this show. But do we want to jump into it? Do we want to start talking about it? Let's. Okay, so it starts, you must have loved this, it picks up right where we left off.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Huge fan of that. Yes. Huge
0: fan. <laughs> you don't like it when
1: things jump ahead in No, time. I don't. And then we have to work our way back to it, and it's just such a waste.
0: Yeah, so they run home. One detail that I really liked about this that I didn't notice earlier, they have a pool table that they've moved into the Cooper house. It's got a sweet serpent logo on that. Did you yeah, see that? Yeah. That was pretty nice.
1: I, I want to get that. Serpent there. pool table? Come on, man. That looks awesome. How much do you think that cost? I don't know. It yeah. looked like some really... Impressive work on that serpent.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Please, please, Archie Comics, start selling those. We got to get one of those pool tables for our rec room. We all live in a big uh, clubhouse together. Uh, anyway, so Jughead and FP enter. They find a note. Uh, Gladys enters immediately afterwards. I don't know why I found this so funny, but why is the door open,
1: <laughs> guys? The door is the front door is open.
0: Yeah, that doesn't seem that confusing, Gladys. I, I mean, she's confused about basic baking, cooking.
1: I get that, yes. but like
0: doors are open sometimes, bro. I don't know, particularly in a small town like Riverdale where nothing bad ever happens, it's not such a big yeah, deal. Yeah,
1: right. Josie has a fucking great line about that.
0: Yeah. So uh, they find out that Kurtz, they brought him from the police station in the cruiser to the house. Gladys looking super nervous the entire time yep. because she knows that Kurtz used to work for her. She's trying to keep that secret. Um, and then we cut to Archie in the hospital waiting around to find out what's going on with Granny And you know, who's
1: also in that waiting room? Who? Luke. Motherfucking Perry, that's who.
0: Yes. Do you want to talk about that now? Yes. Okay, go for it.
1: So this is our kind of last chance with Luke Perry here. This is the last episode. Uh, Emotional that this is the last we get to see of him. I'm not ready to let go. I wanted so many. I just just wanted more Luke Perry. We got him in the background. We did get one more heart-to-heart with him and Archie, which was nice. Uh, But I I don't know. I mean, part of me just wanted after the credits just to play a montage of just, like, Luke scenes, you know? Uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, and certainly people have been discussing this nonstop online. I don't think there's any exact right way to deal with this right Right. Um, and we do get one scene of a heart to tart with Archie and Fred it's a short scene it's not a big scene at all but that is what he brought to the show I don't know what more they could have done necessarily Uh, and it's such a bananas what the fuck episode anyway (laughs) it's nice to have that little oasis in there and it certainly seems like they are replacing his storyline with Molly Ring Walt is coming in for a couple of episodes at the end here. So I agree with you. Of course I would have wanted to see him go on forever, you know, until the end of the series, far beyond that, on other TV series. That's not what we got. You know, he is gone. Uh, They were going to have to deal with that at some point. And I'm glad on a show like Riverdale, where it's extremely tricky to deal with anything real world whatsoever, that it was the sweet, poignant moment, and then we're moving on. You know, that we didn't, it didn't distract, it didn't take away from the rest of the episode, and ultimately, I don't, I didn't know Luke Perry, so I don't know what he would want, but I think that's what he'd want, right? He'd want us to focus on the episode and focus on having fun watching a ridiculous episode of Riverdale. Cool. Cool?
1: Yeah, Uh, I mean... It feels like not cool. Well, I I agree with what you're saying, and, uh, you know, you bring some valid points, but it's just tough because, like... He was such a big part of the show. He was such a great part of the show. He was such a solid rock for Archie, you know what I mean? And uh, I just kind of want to deal with that somehow. And I'm hopeful that we will have to deal with it, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's just it was just kind of talked about like this is it. This is his last. So I just was hoping for a little bit more. Uh, Than we got I think if they are Going to deal with it The appropriate place To deal with it In a realistic
0: Deeply emotional way Is the season four premiere Right Because They're in the middle Of two insane Several insane storylines Always though That's always the case Right So having that pause For the summer And being able to come back And start season four In some way Obviously depending on How season three ends They've certainly teased That there's Insane cliffhangers coming Oh I'm sure Um, But picking up and having Archie deal with the passing of Fred, to me, you have time to plan that out. This, They were in the middle of production. They were almost done with the season. The storylines were wrapping up. They have danger and murder and people leaving and so many balls in the air that uh, it would have felt strange to stop or totally change an episode to deal with it, in my opinion. I understand where you're coming from, but I don't know. I, I I think they dealt with it as best as you humanly can with something so awful and so tragic. Yeah. All right. Well, that out of the way, though, let's move on and continue to talk about
1: the episode. So Archie is in the hospital. Yeah, he, he kind of bum rushes the doctor and was like, listen, he was juicing, man. Did you look into that? Is that? Did that come up in the... You know, which was kind of an interesting moment for Archie, right? Because he's like you know, he's struggling with the fact that maybe I killed this guy. You know, the fact that he's dead could be my fault. But also, like, he was kind of fighting for his life in that ring, man. Yeah. You know, I was upset that nobody was calling the fight because that guy was clearly foaming at the Uh, mouth. Yeah, I mean, the rules were pretty weird. We talked about that the last podcast where
0: Archie said, hey, we got to call this. And then Elio, who is not the ref, was like, nope.
1: Yeah. And they're like, "All right, well, oh, I guess we can't call yeah, it. <laughs> no way around that." The monster kid was like, "Nope,
0: yeah, it's all good." Uh, I want to talk about the Van Ronson fa- family. What's going on with them? Yeah. Uh, did did ha- did Randy Van Ronson have like four sisters? What was going on there? Yeah, there was a lot.
1: Kind of felt like the farm a little bit, like a mini <laughs> a farm. Little
0: bit. I-, I tried to count it, but it seemed like every time they cut back to his family, there were more people in his family. <laughs> So initially, I I wrote down in my notes, I wrote down, uh, the doctor tells Mrs. Ronson and her three daughters that Randy died. Uh, I don't I don't think it was. It turned out it was four sisters, and then later on there was another dude that looked exactly like Randy Van Rodson, <laughs> and honestly could have been Randy Van Rodson back in the scene, and I wouldn't have been able to tell the
1: difference. Oh man!
0: Uh, but he's dead. He's dead. As you said, Archie tells the doctor he was juicing, uh, and Elio immediately was like, "Nope, I didn't do anything. He wasn't juicing. He was cruising for a person. Um. Oh God. And he
1: says, to "Archie, yo, you got a lawyer up, man. You yeah. murdered that guy in the ring."
0: Yeah, and Archie, to his credit, is like, I i would say, maybe this is too generous, but 50% less a blockhead this episode. I would agree.
1: Yeah, right? I was like, oh, man, this is going to be an Archie spiral <laughs> of epic proportions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but he manages to, he's clearly at his wit's end. There's no way he's
0: going to be able to battle Elio a mobster at court or anything like that. Like, if that happened... If they did that storyline, one hundred percent, Archie would go into the courtroom immediately, fire his lawyer, and be like, "I'm representing myself." Yeah. Well,
1: also, like at every, I was like, "Here we go, here comes Archie!" Like Archie at one point runs over to Veronica's house in the rain, and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh god, here we go." He's going to say something stupid. But she like was like, "All right, Archie, let's you know." Let's let's be cool. Let's let's, uh, you know, talk this out. And then he didn't freak out. He kind of listened to reason. So it's nice to see him. Hopefully that's a trend moving forward where he has some real growth. Well, I do think we're pretty clearly heading back to the Veronica
0: Archie relationship, right? By the end of the season.
1: Oh, could be. But, uh, you know.
0: Well, but all I would say about that, I do think it seems pretty clear that's the direction things are going. But what I would say about it and I think was spelled out very well in the scene that you called out, is both characters have moved forward. Like, as characters, they've grown, even though they still hit a lot of the dumb notes. Like we said, Archie is a certain percentage less dumb, and Veronica knows how to deal with him and work with him. They understand each other. They're in a better place, and I, I like that. I've been very hesitant about them bringing the Archie relationship back, but...
1: You know what I'm worried about?
0: What and are you worried I'm about? I'm glad
1: Justin's not here. Oh, is it spiders? He no. hates spiders. No, I'm worried that it's going to be because, I, and this is, I don't want to spoil the episode, <laughs> but I'm jumping <laughs> way ahead here. Maybe I shouldn't. No. Uh, I'm really,
0: I'm fascinated right because
1: now. Because Archie doesn't have a dad, and now Betty won't have a dad, and I think that might bring them together, and I'm really, really upsup, upset about Wait, that. Wait, what you took away from this episode is that Barchie is rising? Yep. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't want it to happen. I love Betty and Jughead. Yeah. I I don't
0: think there's anything weak about Betty and Jughead, though. Also, they have a lot of other stuff to bother
1: about. (laughs) They've got so much going on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, let's jump back to the episode. So uh, getting back to after that scene, uh, Gladys beats the shit out of Kurtz. Yep. uh, And Kurtz wants them to play the game anyway. And Jughead immediately... Shuts down FP and Gladys and says, hey, listen, I know how this works. If
1: we win, they will stop. And I like this again. I don't like this. Wait, why? Because it gets back to Jughead's problem of not being able to set down the game. That guy just wants to play G&G. He constantly has this G&G problem. And he kind of, like, convinces everybody, hey, let's just play Chichi. No, you have the person in front of you who knows where your daughter is. Just keep torturing this guy until he finally gives it up. See,
0: I think you don't like that because you're the same way with Mario Kart. You're constantly like, <laughs> let's settle this with Mario Kart. I'm like, Pete, come on.
1: No, Rainbow World Mario Kart is just the... Rainbow it, Road? Yeah, it's the best. That it solves all problems. <laughs> it's a b- great way to solve all your problems. Who do you usually play at?
0: As in Mary... Toad. Toad?
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: Um, I also play as Toad. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Huh. I wonder what that says about us. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure either. So Jughead insists that they uh, play and win. They can get Jellybean back. And Kurtz assigns them different character types. F.P. is Deadeye, as he was in high school. Jughead is Hellcaster, which he has been
1: all along. Right. And Gladys is the Alchemist. Which was weird because he's like, or somebody else, I guess. It's like, no, you're she's the big drug dealer in town. <laughs> the alchemist makes sense. Right. Kurtz. Uh,
0: Kurtz, uh, Kurtz is playing her at this point. Yeah. The alchemist is what he was called a couple of episodes back when they caught him for drug dealing in right. the raid, right? Yeah. So uh, he's calling her out for that because what they didn't discover is that Gladys was behind Kurtz the entire time. Right. Uh, but they play G&G, uh, then Fred... Uh, We cut back to the scene that we mentioned earlier with Fred and Archie. Uh, Fred is cheering Archie up and saying, hey, the autopsy will prove you're innocent. But Archie blames himself and says he's never boxing again. Uh, I gotta tell you, this entire episode, when everybody's like, "That's it, I'm never boxing again," I know it was supposed to be the sad thing, but I was like,
1: "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was like, dude, that's a smart move, bro. <laughs> let's get back, let's get you back in, you know, music. You know what I mean? Like something else, yeah, or football, or just yeah, yeah, literally anything else, anything else, because that gym is going to be the death of you. <laughs> because oh, it was just given to you by a giant mob boss. Yeah, it yeah.
0: was given to you by a giant mob boss, and any time you have a chance to get some money. To pay for your gym, you give it away. Yeah, Archie. Even even when he's fifty percent better, it's fifty percent forward fifty percent back. That's yeah. what's going on with him. Uh, so Hiram sits down with Veronica and Betty, which I thought was an interesting little trio going on there. Yeah,
1: that was creepy.
0: And Hiram uh, decides to help them out uh, Betty wants uh, her dad, Hal Cooper We didn't mention him earlier in the podcast But he is a serial killer named the Black Hood of course Who he has been Hannibal lecturing it up for a while in a prison uh, She wants him transferred to his cushy prison that he has built uh, There was uh, My favorite detail about that was uh, Hiram saying Oh, we have the waterfront rooms Which is very nice
1: yeah, and I also feel like that's the rooms you use to waterboard people.
0: Oh, no, no, no. That's like uh, when you get a room at Disney World, or really any place, but when I've gotten rooms at Disney World, they're like, well, you can get a poolside room or otherwise. And I assume that's like a poolside room.
1: Cool, yeah, in jail. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be nice.
0: Well, maybe it faces the
1: Sweetwater River. You get to see Sweetie the Sweetwater Monster going by. It was the- a weird line to have in the middle of it. Really? Like oh. I don't know. It's like, oh, yeah, this... He'll really like these places that no one believes he'll ever make it to. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Again, to get back
0: to Disney World, I stayed at Animal Kingdom and they had the safari rooms where you get to look out where the animals are wandering by. Maybe it's the same sort of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Except it's a mob boss running a jail. I guess, but it sounds very nice. <laughs> oh my God.
0: I'll tell you what, I'm off the farm <laughs> and I'm on to the jail.
1: Oh, my God. I love that jail. You? How are you this gullible? <laughs> so it says a room with a view and you go, ooh, that sounds nice, my boss. Listen, I'll I, take that.
0: I have about a year to move out of my apartment and anything is starting. Oh, good. my God. All right, so Mad Dog calls Archie in the middle of the night and says the cops are coming for to sweep the El Royale. And is like, hey, you remember those drugs that I gave you that you didn't want the last episode? Uh, where are they? Because they're going to be looking for those drugs. And Archie's like, oh, you piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they run to the gym. They get to the gym. Uh, they take the drugs out, but they're too late. The cops grab them. Uh, and again, oh, another thing that I liked about this episode, I thought, oh, here we go with like an Archie in jail, jail. plotline yeah, yeah. again. But they
1: shut it down immediately, mm-hmm. which was nice. Yeah, I was, as soon as Archie got arrested, I was like, first, you fucking dumbass. You know, like you have the drugs in your hand, you know, flush them, do something, you know, because you knew it was just like, he was like, hurry, we got to hurry, we got to hurry. And I'm like, oh, guys, you're not going to make it, man. Yeah, totally not going to make it.
0: Uh, he probably should have eaten them, I guess.
1: Yeah, you always eat all the <laughs> drugs. That's yeah. the best way to get rid of them. Let me ask you a question. Do you trust Mad Dog? no. Because every time it goes, hi, Mad Dog, and Mad Dog just lays out a huge problem for <laughs> Archie. Well, the,
0: the thing, I mean, they establish in the episode that Mad Dog isn't working for Elio anymore, but it still kind of felt like yeah. maybe he's working for Elio. You know, Yeah,
1: it definitely feels that way. Because also, how did Mad Dog get a tip about where the cops were doing? Right.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I I don't know. I'm I don't think there's any necessarily any indication that he is not on Archie's side this episode, but it also see all seems very very weird. So then we got the first challenge which is cards on the table. Uh so if you get a black marble, you have to reveal a secret and FPS line, call it what you want. We've been playing Secrets and Sins since high school. Yeah. Which I thought again was an interesting detail to bring up because we know that Griffins and Gargoyles has evolved from high school, and that's where they first played it, but it made me wonder how much we are setting up or looping back to the Uber Gargoyle King as one of the original Midnight Club.
1: Yeah, that that also felt like a little extra, like, hey, remember. Yeah, hey, you guys, hey, it's been a long season. Yeah, a lot of crazy (laughs) shit was going down. Let's stay focused. Remember, we (laughs) played this in high school.
0: Yeah, I would appreciate if episodes of Riverdale reached through the TV, slapped you, and said, Hey, stay focused.
1: <laughs> How could you not? The show is just so high octane with all the shit all the time. Oh, uh, this episode, too. I made the mistake of watching it the second
0: time at triple speed just so I could prep for the podcast, and I felt like I was going insane.
1: Yeah, that's. I don't recommend doing that. That would be way too intense. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I just think that, like, it was a weird thing to say also because he's like, nobody in this family is truthful. So, like, you're bragging about how open you are, which doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, but then uh, the whole point is to get Gladys to reveal that she is the Fizzle Rocks dealer and FP loses his shit. He says if they need to get Jellybean to safety, but afterwards there'll be a reckoning.
1: Yeah. As an FP fan, how'd you feel about the CNP? Well, I mean, you ca- it's such high stakes. The tensions are so high. You can't be mad at FP for blowing up a little bit there. You know what I mean? Um, and also, yeah, you know, his wife has been lying to him for a really long time. So, of course, he's upset. Yep. Uh, cutting over to Josie. Josie
0: has a storyline. Now, th- this was something that I thought was interesting about this episode. We, of ca- course, talked about... Luke Perry, which was something they could not have planned for, and that's very unfortunate. But there's two other departures in this episode. Uh, There's Gladys, who eventually leaves at the end of the episode. Uh, But this is also Josie's goodbye episode, at least for now. She's going to be going over to Katie Keene, the spinoff that they're planning for The CW that hasn't been uh, greenlit yet. Maybe by the time this podcast airs, they'll have greenlit it. We'll see what happens. Might be a surprise announcement at the end of the episode or something. Um, I fully expect that it will regardless, but there's that whole setup there. Uh, So yeah, we get goodbye to Josie. How'd you feel overall about this plot line for her?
1: Well, first off, I really liked how it got back to her kind of original want of like wanting to roll with her dad and be on the road and really kind of be passionate about her music all the time, which I kind of liked. I even liked the Tough love twist that the father did at the end, which was very interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we could even talk about her plot line separately. So, what happens with her is she calls her dad, says, "Hey, um, I'm doing a gig tonight. I'd really love for you to come see it. Maybe we can have some dinner since you're in town, and I can throw something by you." Um, they end up having dinner at Pops oh, just man. when the second quest happens, which we'll get to in a moment. And uh, they almost get robbed. She has a great line about, "Now you see why I want to leave. Yeah, this I got to get out of
1: this fucking town because I can't imagine." imagine living in that town oh my god it's terrible so insane and i live in new york city yeah <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> yeah. uh well we don't have stick monsters i
0: think uh, no man i don't know i don't know, I don't know. I don't yeah. spend a lot of time at Central Park, so it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, but Josie ends up doing a gig, a uh, classic waiting for Guffman situation where she thinks he's coming, he's not there, but then at the end he does show up. He does. And yeah. he tells her the reason he didn't want to show up or wasn't thinking about showing up is because he didn't want to give her hope because the touring life is very, very hard. Yeah. And if you tour, you got to be in it 100%. percent
1: you got to really want to be there. Yeah. Because otherwise it's a living hell.
0: My Big question for you is, what do you think him going on tour with Josie is going to do to his other kid, Roz, who lives over in Greendale?
1: Well, maybe Roz also Did goes. you know it's the same actor? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, wow. Yeah. Pretty
1: weird, right? That's
0: amazing. Thank you for almost rolling with it. I yeah. can see from your expression where you're like, I don't know where he's going with this. I'm
1: just going to believe it anyway. Yeah, I'm just going to keep dying. Yeah, no, no, it.
0: no. It's the same actor. He appeared in season one as Miles McCoy, and then he went over to be Roz's dad on Chilling Adventures of Sabrina over part one and part well, two. Well, musicians,
1: uh, you know, They get around. They they get around different towns. Yeah, sometimes
0: they're reverends in other towns with secret families. Oh, man.
1: It happens. It's fucked up, man.
0: Yeah, it is pretty fucked up. Uh, But Josie eventually says, yes, 100%, I'm in. And we get a sweet scene towards
1: the end of the episode. Yeah, with her and Archie. And I really was happy with how Archie handled it. That scene was great. Yeah. Absolutely great. I was hoping, you know, because they... It's a weird thing to say that I was hoping for, like, a, a lovemaking scene, but I just wanted them to stay together a little bit more. You really wanted to imagine the fact No, I'm just saying that, like, you know, we had, like, all these, like, steamy scenes with Archie and Veronica, and you know what I mean? Where, like, yeah. they had these nights of passion, and I kind of wanted them to have, you know, kind of one last night in town kind of passionate uh, thing for them. But it, they just kind of cut it off after the kiss, so... Yeah I love the fact That they
0: said it In the music room Which is where They first began Not just as a couple But like on the show Back in season one Where they first Got together as friends So I thought That detail was great Uh, And the whole dialogue I wrote down some of it Just you're gonna Come back though right Maybe we'll see I loved her time together But we're not Endgame Yeah uh, Which is I think Another Veronica Yeah exactly Like she knows She knows he's gonna End up back with Veronica next episode Probably Come on man Uh, My destiny is out there somewhere, maybe New York, who knows, uh, and also are saying uh, the maybe we'll see, I'll come back, that was, I felt, such wiki little dialogue about, like, she could have basically been like, well, we think Katie Keene's going to be picked up, not 100% sure, so we'll keep our
1: options open. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen, it's no. nice to keep it open. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's great. Uh, I love that, though. I love that whole plot line. I wanted more for Josie. I hope she gets more to do over on Katie Keene. Yeah, um, but I'm I thought sure it was a really sweet goodbye. The kiss on the forehead was so nice. Yeah. I love a good kiss on the forehead. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, after the Josie scene, uh, Tony
1: tells Betty Wait, some... We got to go back... To what? To the Gargos thing again, right? Where they're robbing the... Pop? Yeah, yeah, we're not even oh, there yeah. yet. Oh, okay, we got good. so
0: much episode to go. Pete. Oh, there is so much happening here. Oh, we shit. haven't even started Betty's storyline, basically, because oh, Tony yeah. is sitting down with Betty. They're having a little meeting, coupaz investigations. And she tells him the fucked up news that Edgar and Alice are getting married and Edgar is going to adopt Juniper and Dagwood, which is like skipping a whole generation that I don't understand how that works because Polly is right there.
1: Yeah. She just gives up to her kids, to to other people, to raise?
0: Well, I think if we were to jump ahead to the actually fucked up thing that happens without giving away all of it, though most of you have probably seen the episode, I think the, the detail that's being left out there is that Edgar is marrying Alice, but he's also marrying Polly, and that's how he's adopting the babies. It's not the babies are becoming the children of Edgar and Alice. It's they're becoming the children of Edgar and Polly. Oh, man.
1: Because it's a a whole thing. It's a whole thing, Pete. Because he's already... Is your brain, I can see. uh, This is so creepy, man. Why do you like the farm?
0: I don't. I'm out of the farm. I started off the episode saying that. Um, All right, well, we'll get back to that. But Veronica gets Mad Dog and Archie out of jail. Elio says that Archie gave Randy the drugs... Uh and uh I wrote down some line, walk with walk me in your corner. Never I'm going to dog walk that line, Cad. I don't know. Maybe I misunderstood that line. I wrote down a bunch of nonsense. I was drunk. <laughs> um so bad dog and Archie get a drug test. Uh, Veronica announces on the steps of Pops. Uh, and Randy Van Bronson's sister, as we've established, slaps Archie. Uh and Right. Oh, okay. Well, let's jump ahead to this thing. So, uh, Betty is waiting on a line to get a meningitis <laughs> injection and overhears Evelyn refusing to get it and says, Oh, all the information is in my file. My father has said that I don't need to get any injections. The farm doesn't believe in that stuff. So, Betty's like, Great, gonna break into the school at night and steal the file from Weatherbees. This is, as it turns out later, all a setup. Like yeah. pretty clearly a setup. They're well, it
1: was it was a clear was a setup there. You think so? Oh yeah, and Even they're in the hallway, might- and Betty's right there, and then uh, she Evelyn says it loud enough so Betty can hear, and is staring right at Betty the whole time. Yeah, it's like, huh? You interested? here? Is you got a you got a little itch, a little detective itch? You want to kind of uh, pull the thread, see where it goes, Betty? Yeah, well, why don't we
0: follow this plot line because it does stay pretty separate from the rest of the episode, right? Okay. Um, So Betty uh, then calls a bunch of academies, all of the records that she has, finds out that Evelyn has been repeating her junior year for a decade.
1: How would schools not be aware of this? They don't. Or the age? Well, so in the file is a social security
0: card, so clearly they've been forging it. Okay. So there's that. Uh, but also, if you've ever seen the classic teen comedy Never Been Kissed, uh, you probably know that anybody can go to any high school at any time. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Right. It's also kind of an orphan situation. Have you ever seen the movie Orphan? No. With the pedo prostitute? No. Oh, okay. The Secret of Orphan. Spoiler is they think she's a little girl that they're adopting, but she's actually like 35 years old or something. Wow. Yeah. So same sort of situation. Uh, it turns out that Evelyn is not, in fact, 17 at all. She's 27? 23, I think they said. 23? No, 26? she's has Yeah, 26, something okay. like that. She's not 16, she's
1: 26. Uh, that's pretty fucked up. How'd you feel about that reveal, Pete? I was like, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not surprised. She looks younger than other cast members, so it's a little weird because they're all a lot older than they're playing. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, she, yeah, she's definitely. Do you think they're going to discover that the rest
0: of the cast is older too at all? <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, wait a second. Wait, Cheryl, <laughs> Cheryl's also 26. Yeah. And then everybody's just their own age. They're like, yeah. oh, yeah, Josie's 31. That's interesting. Um, anyway, is
1: like 22. <laughs>
0: yes, everybody is their <laughs> own actual ages. But they all have different heights. That's the weird part. <laughs>
1: Uh, so yeah, so what's crazy about this file is it just keeps going and keeps revealing more and more. There's a lot of stuff in there for like a yeah. So we find
0: out the Evelyn thing, which is like fucked up enough. Yeah. And then of course Betty goes to the one person she could trust, the serial killer, her dad Hal, and says she's going to be transferred in a week. Uh, and Hal is like, "Hey, you got to go. Somebody who has vested interest in this. Go to your crazy aunt Penelope. Yeah,
1: because you can definitely trust her wait, to wait. save the twins. Isn't this? Then we find out though about the. Marriage thing that's later on, oh, okay. Oh, sorry. That's later on. Um, oh, no, that is where we find it out, right? Yeah, that it's she's in that file. That's right. I, forgot I was like, about what that. kind of
0: file? Is I was reeling from the she is 10 years older thing, but it turns out <laughs> also there's a
1: marriage certificate.
0: Yeah, Evelyn is also uh married to Edgar Ever Everett. He's not her daughter, he she is his wife. Yeah. Uh, so she's like Oh my cool, god Cool, cool, cool like, Yeah, cool, 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 cool cool." So she gets Penelope uh, To save the twins Penelope's like Great, made a great arrangement Don't worry about it I'm just gonna take Dagwood Not Juniper <laughs> I'm just
1: gonna Snag one baby And Buddy's like Wait, wait why? <laughs> You can't <laughs> just take one baby Yeah And she's like Well, you know You ask your crazy aunt you, you get <laughs> Crazy aunt But aunt's but The solutions to your problems Yeah She's, she's like, just uh, running away With uh, one my baby My favorite thing with that Is <laughs> she's like
0: Don't worry about it I just took one baby It was a great deal also, this baby is named Jason Junior
1: now. She's like, I loved how she's totally was like normal, hustling out of the door. Like, come on, Betty, we gotta yeah. go.
0: Honestly, if Penelope pulled out a jetpack and flew out of the school at that point, <laughs> I would not have been surprised. That's how fucking no, insane that whole I think thing was. it would be
1: great if she jumped out a window and like landed in a boat and just <laughs> drove. Away.
0: Oh god, oh that was so crazy. I also like. They get all of the all of this. A lot of this is about getting Betty to a place where she's just completely given up. But it is so much. Like there is no way one person could deal with all these things. That scene alone is like too much for a human (laughs) being to handle.
1: Yeah. Uh, So then she teams up with Tony to be like, "Hey, we gotta get this other baby."
0: Yeah. So uh, Tony brings Betty to the farm. uh, Has the great line. It Takes a Village to Mercy Kidnap a Child. Yep. Very good. Tony getting the best line of the episode, two episodes in a row. Uh, Betty grabs Juniper, and then Tony's like, quick, we got to hide in this doorway. And they go in, and everybody in the farm is in there. And Tony explains, all my life, I've been searching for a family um, I had the serpents. I had my grandfather, but this is what I needed right here. And Edgar grips her shoulders, and I nearly smashed my TV jumping through, being like, "You get your fucking hands off, Tony!"
1: Oh, it's about son of a time bitch. you fucking made it to Earth. You, you piece son of, of a shit. bitch!
0: Don't you dare touch Tony Topaz.
1: Finally, it took Tony Topaz for you to see the farm. Do
0: not touch a pig hair on her pig head, you <laughs> son of a bitch! You get off. Of her headband, her peekaboo pockets, whatever you want. You don't touch them. They're not for you. Oh, my God. Oh, oh that was so hard. That whole scene. This, this is the scene
1: that broke me from the farm because it, it just. But what I liked about it is we finally are talking about something I've been talking about the whole time. The floating goddamn babies. Yes. And the floating I babies. same Betty. Because she was like. There was what was great was you can see in her eyes like the emotions she's going through and all the stuff. What an amazing acting moment she had where they're like, "Join us, yeah, yeah." It was so creepy, and then she was like. She's fighting it. She's like, no, 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 this is bullshit. This is bullshit. And they kept pointing out, like, your whole family's here. Your friends are here. It would just be so much easier if instead of fighting us all the time, you joined us. And then she was like, oh, my God, he's kind of right. But it's really fucked up. And I don't know. And then she thinks of the goddamn floating babies. And is like, I got to get the fuck out of here because floating babies ain't right. (laughs) You can't throw kids in a fire. You can't do it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, and she gets out of there, and then she's chased into her car. And Evelyn's like, "I'm pressing my face against the window of your car That's in the, the creepiest way possible." Yeah, it's so creepy. that all that whole scene was horrifying, and it. Uh, to your point, what was great about it was it got me to the point of believing, oh my god, Betty is about to join the farm. I don't know what I am going
1: to do with w- myself. Oh my god. If I'm I would have f- I oh I would have quit the show. I would have walked. I couldn't have taken if Betty fucking
0: So yeah, just to fill in a couple of other details there, uh she says, Alice to Alice, you have to know
1: he is married to Evelyn. She's like, Of course I know that. Yeah. Well there's no secrets. Yeah, there's no secrets and here. I've just been like, wait. So, you're okay with the fact that and that's not hurt his daughter. He's married to her too. It, it, does he just marry all the goddamn women in the I farm? think, so there's a
0: lot going on here and a lot to it back. And I think we're going to find out, not next week, but in two weeks' time, everything about the farm. Uh, that's the dark secret of Harvest House. And I think that's going to be the big farm reveal episode. Next episode is prom night. And that's going to deal with a lot of like Gargoyle King fucking up the prom night
1: stuff, I think. Uh, But here's the big question. The farm, Betty has to burn the goddamn farm to the ground. They need to burn Riverdale to the ground (laughs) and start over at this point. There is no saving the town.
0: Here's here's the detail that I was wondering about the most out of this scene, though, is that to me, it felt like it was more than just Edgar saying, come on, all your friends and family are here, join us. It was... Very specifically, I got all of these people to get you to this point. Yeah. The reason Cheryl and Tony and Kevin and your mom and Polly and everybody are here are for you, Betty, so I can get you. Why is that, do you think? I have a couple of ideas, but I'm curious to hear from you. Well, because
1: Betty runs the fucking town. (laughs) If you get Betty to okay something or be all right with something, you, you don't want to be on Betty's radar, man. She can tear anybody up and down. Doesn't matter. So, like, he's looking at Riverdale and going, okay, if I can win over Betty, I'm good. I can run, do whatever I want, get all the creepy people in the town to join my cult, whatever it is. But, like, yeah, Betty is the main kind of thing... That's holding uh, everybody else back from, you know, accepting this. I, I mean, I think there's part of that, but I feel like there has to be a connection between Edgar and Betty. The popular theory right now. Don't you fucking creep me out with some weird shit right now? There's going to be some weird shit right Don't now. You, you ready, Pete? Fucking-
0: it's gonna, Because if this is true, if this theory is right, don't. and I don't know if it can be right, I don't know if it makes any sense, but uh, granted, we're already in batshit land, so it's okay. Uh, it's going to make it even more fucked up than this episode. is The popular theory is that Edgar is actually Charles Smith. That he is the secret, supposedly dead son of Alice and FP. And oh. the reason he is gunning for Betty is because that's his sister. Oh,
1: Don't. So you know, no
0: big deal, just marrying his mom. (laughs)
1: It's like that show,
0: Marry My Mom, (laughs) except he's marrying his own mom. Oh man. And his and his sister Polly also married her. But I, I Not don't want to believe it's true, but I feel like there's so many logical leaps you need to take to get to that point for it to be true that I almost feel like it's too complicated for Riverdale. But I can't think of anybody else who would be gunning for Betty that hard. You know, like that's him breaking Betty and saying. But Betty
1: is the only reason that like, I mean, he has the mom right now, but. If Betty was in, he wouldn't have to ever worry about Alice Cooper. You know, like she's would. But he knows that Betty is so strong, he can take away all of his shit. I I think so. But just to stick with the Charles Smith theory, if it's more
0: personal than that, if it's you had the life that I never had. Oh, shit. And I am going to take everything from you. That, to me, makes sense from a villain perspective, right? Yeah. Like, that's a crazy lift to go to uh, build up the whole farm and everything else. But I'll throw one other detail out at you that occurred to me earlier today. Um, So we know that Charles Smith... We don't know a lot, like, necessarily, to be true or not. We've heard a lot of hearsay. But we do know that Charles Smith, when he was alive, quote, unquote, and Chick lived together and they fought and what we were told is that chick accidentally killed charles and then pretended to be charles and then went over to alice and betty's house right so that was the whole thing that happened last season what if that's not what happened what if instead chick and charles made a plan to divide and conquer to destroy riverdale right and Charles, who we know is from a random lady at the hotel that they were staying at, was kind of the nice boy, and Chick was the bad boy, what if Charles was like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to build up this cult that's going to suck people in with niceness, and I'm going to specifically aim at the Cooper family and try to destroy the Cooper family? And what if Chick was like, I'm going to do something else, and I'm going to aim at the Jones family, and he is the gargoyle king? Dude, you gotta let Chick go, bro. No, what Chick, if it's
1: Chick and Charles together Chick is awful teaming up character to destroy the town of Riverdale? Is I never want to see Chick again in my life. But Ch- stop if, trying <laughs> to make Chick more than he is.
0: Well, if Chick is the Gargoyle King, S- I think we can all agree that the Gargoyle King is the true hero of oh, Riverdale. No, or no. go. Stop. I think I'm really coming around to this. Stop. Also, I, I like the farm again.
1: Oh my <laughs> God, you can like the farm again. I will no. No, I
0: can't. Uh, Just to finish up Betty's storyline because we've been talking about this for way too long. uh, Betty at the end comes into the Pembroke, uh, and Veronica tells her there was an accident with the transport
1: at the jail. And as you mentioned earlier, this you knew this was going to happen. Really, you knew this was going to happen. Yeah. There was an accident, and your dad is dead. The dad's not dead. No, he's definitely not dead. Definitely not dead. No,
0: he's going to come back at the end, and yeah. I
1: think he's going to save everybody yeah. in
0: a weird, fucked-up way.
1: He is. 100%. Gargoyle King's going to try to hurt Betty. He's going to fucking murder the Gargo. Yeah,
0: and that's going to be his redemption arc, right? Yeah. That's weird. I feel weird about this. It's going to be great. Oh I can't God. wait. All right. Do you want to talk through Archie's storyline? Uh, We can go through that as well next And then we can end with the Joneses Which is the other big storyline So Archie is going through The whole boxing thing Um, As you mentioned earlier He is straight up wet Runs in, sees Veronica and the Pembroke. Veronica yeah. comes down. I really thought they were gonna have a weird rain kiss going on there.
1: No, stop. I'm so glad that they didn't though. And I know. I was very happy.
0: Yeah, I was very happy that they are not jumping back into it.
1: Yeah. I think they're gonna wait until the very end of the season. Oh my
0: god. Yeah. Can I, can I throw you my crazy pants theory? <laughs> oh, God, here Here's we go. Here's my crazy pants theory. My crazy pants theory, they've been promising a crazy thing that's going to happen at the end of the season. I think we're going to get... And then uh, Roberto Garascosik posted this picture that certainly looks like Veronica and Archie at a tree that you can't really tell who it is. Um, I think they're going to meet at a tree in the woods at the end season finale, and be like, finally, we're here, we're together, we got through that night, listen, all I ever wanted was you, and she'll be like, all I ever wanted was you, we're endgame Archie, and they go to Kiss, and then I think we're gonna get a time jump to five years later, and Archie's gonna be together with Betty, and you're gonna be like, what the fuck just happened? Oh my
1: god, why did you say that? Well, anyway, that's insane, (laughs) you asshole, you can't just say something that. Well, anyway, let's move on.
0: Uh, Because this is building so much to Veronica, there's gotta be another crutch in there. And, well, anyway, we'll see what happens uh, So, uh, Elio finds Archie at the gym He offers him $50,000 For winning the Golden Gloves And he says, I'll call you the Riverdale Reaper Now, we talked about this in a previous episode But there was a Riverdale Reaper back in the day That was actually Hal Cooper's dad Was a serial killer before Hal Cooper um, So, nice nickname He's definitely doing that uh, to be a jerk uh, And Archie's like No, I don't want to box I don't want to box And we're like, yes, please don't box mm-hmm. um, But Veronica also tells Archie that the Ronsons aren't getting any, the Van Ronsons aren't getting any money. Yeah,
1: and then I was happy that Archie was like, fuck that, there's money on the table I could get. And he goes and gets it like a fucking boss.
0: Yeah, he goes, he beats up Elio, shoves him against a car, does the same thing Betty did to Evelyn last episode, uh, gets the money, uh, and then they throw a fundraiser. At, uh, at Le Bon Nuit, Josie sings. She sings, what is it? Amy Winehouse's Back in Black, I think. I don't think. know.
1: It was, it was beautiful is what it was. Yeah, it's
0: an Amy Winehouse song. I'm forgetting if it's Back in Black or something like that. Okay. It's um, definitely very close to the title. Uh, and yeah, they raise money that way. And then they have a very emotional scene where Archie, Archie talks it. to the sister and gives the money. And I yeah. thought that was very sweet and nice.
1: Yeah. And I was worried she was going to be like, fuck you, fuck you. Mm-hmm. But it was really nice.
0: No, the whole storyline treated Archie very well, treated the sister very well. Very surprising. In the midst of the craziness, it was a very sweet thing that happened. Uh, And then um, we talked about the Josie scene, and at the end, uh, we get another couple of scenes, two scenes in a row, actually. One where Elio is having a nice steam at Casa Grande, and the camera pivots around, and who else is steaming there? Of course. Completely jacked. Hiram Lodge, sweaty, dripping hot as F. Dude, what? Yo, did you see that, body? Dude, what? Dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> what? Did you see that? Dude.
1: All right. Anyways. More like Mark Consuel, yes. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. So, anyways, yeah. yeah. I mean, we all knew that he was just, you know, the puppet master, working in Elios, Elios, whatever it is. Pizza. Eli- yeah, it's pizza. pizza roll. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're thinking of tatino's but that's Oh, okay. Pizza Rolls, Elliot's Pizza. Yeah, you're yeah. right. My bad. My bad. <laughs> yeah, get that straight. Get that straight, otherwise
0: you won't understand the plot of
1: Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, there's got to be some kind of cheese theme with the bad guy. You know, there's Papa Poutine, which mm-hmm, is cheese mm-hmm, curds, mm-hmm. and then Elliot's. I know. think we were starting to figure out the show. Yeah. I think
0: we really are. Yeah. So is behind everything, and he explains, he drops a piece of information. He explains that there are two Archies. We're two Archies. There's the Archie that he's made the truce with. <laughs> there's the other Archie that he has not made a truce with, uh, which I don't think is accurate. I'm just going to throw out that. Yeah, there. I don't think there's two Archies. But the information that he drops that we didn't know Hiram knew is that Archie pulled a gun on Hiram and was going to kill him. We thought Hiram was unconscious when that happened. That is not what happened. So Hiram knows all about it. He's still fucking gunning for Archie, or at least 50% of Archie, I guess. Yeah, but... We always knew that about him. Sure. Archie is 50% smarter,
1: so I guess it's the 50% dumb part that he's going with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But yeah, the classic, you know, Hiram trying to fuck with Archie. Yep. Let's let's keep that going.
0: He he says, don't worry. I think my daughter will probably convince him to pick up boxing. And then we cut directly to a scene. Veronica's like, I think you should pick up boxing. And
1: Archie says, really? Really? And she says, yes. And then he picks up boxing. Well, because he's just sweeping and being mopey about it. So, (sighs) of course, she's going to be like, hey, you should do that thing that you like. Archie's boxing storyline is making me miss Archie's music playing storyline. <laughs> <laughs> to be perfectly yeah. honest, yeah. Uh, but right. you, th- uh, I think this ties into what my uh, crazy ending for the season will be, which is that Archie and Veronica team up and kill uh, uh, Veronica's father together, and. What? And that's, the, and that's no, how it ends.
0: That's ridiculous. They're okay. not going to get rid of Hiram Lodge. Not, a, not until he gets a mustache, at least. Then he, <laughs>
1: then he could die. you uh, uh, so right. he G- He's killing that role, too. Like, they'll never get rid of him.
0: Oh, my God. And so, Jack, Like, did you see those abs? <laughs>
1: oh those pecs, too. Why oh, my God. I, God. Why did I steer you right that Ooh, way? All I'm saying is Kelly Ripa is a
0: lucky woman. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Mole Ray, more like Mrs. Mole Yay.
1: Oh, boy.
0: I I've lost track of what I'm talking about. Yeah. Getting back to the Jones family, the other big storyline in the episode. So they go on that first quest, which we mentioned, which was a radical honesty. And then they get a second quest. And the second quest is Robin. Rob pops. They got to yeah. steal some treasure from the realm go to the tavern. Uh, So they dress in snake masks. Again, the Halloween adventure in Riverdale is doing amazing business. Yeah. I think between gargoyle costumes, snake masks now, gargoyle masks. I mean, what's
1: great is they have serpent jackets with (laughs) snake masks.
0: Yes. Very, very stealthy and undercover. Nobody could ever figure out of the end. But I really enjoyed the Pulp Fiction-esque music playing in the background of that scene. That was a lot of fun. Um, They rob it. Pops
1: pulls out a shotgun. Pops, (laughs) you can only, you rob Pops' once. Okay. Yeah. Second time, pops is going to have a shotgun.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. That's uh, they lost their bouncer, <laughs> so pops got to be uh, dude with a shotgun. You know, yeah. uh, so he shoots FP. FP is down. Uh, Jughead comes back and knocks out Kurtz with one punch. Yeah, which I thought was
1: amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, Jughead at that point is going through a lot. His mom and, and dad are <laughs> shot and beat up. Uh, we got to talk about the side battle. Well, we're getting to that. Oh, my God.
0: Uh, I did just, I, I I guess you weren't as hilariously thrown by the fact that Kurtz was like, hey, how's it going? And Jughead worked in just like clock. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, he got worked up. Also, FB being like, go on without me. <laughs> Save Jellybean. I've been shot with a shotgun. I'm probably still sheriff, though, because this town doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, so uh, Jughead takes Kurtz to the bunker, asks, how can they stay in Riverdale? Uh, this this to me was the most confusing conversation because Jughead's like, how can we even stay here? How can we stay in this town? And Gladys says, why don't we all leave? And Jughead's like, we you don't get it. Here. This is our home. We live
1: here. Yeah.
0: And I was like, Jughead. Literally two sentences ago, you were
1: like, "We had to leave." Well, it's the sex bunker. It gets you all kind of like, yeah, yeah.
0: That's right. All the candles going. Yeah, all the carbon monoxide. Yeah, the dead bodies that are in there. Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't. I don't know why we keep having so many scenes in the sex bunker. It's available as a set. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But they get a third trial, a
0: third quest, which is trial with the Cyclops and uh, Gladys knows immediately what that is. She immediately oh, yeah. figures that out. So they go to the uh, Southside Serpent's headquarters, formerly the Gargoyle headquarters, and find Penny Peabody still alive, minus one eye. We knew this was coming, right? Oh, yeah. And then they have a straight-up Raphael and Teenage Mutant well, Ninja that's Turtles the, Well, that's who I think
1: it's the Gargoyle came because they were like, oh, yeah, the king picked these out. The only person I know with size, and has a love of size, is Raphael, so.
0: Well, so let's talk What a this, great right? crossover.
1: Archie and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle crossover event. Come on.
0: How, has it been established yet how much the Gargoyle King likes pizza?
1: <laughs> Not yet. Hmm. But it's kind of implied. <laughs> also, he Gargoyle King loves comic book shops. Oh, he does love comic book shops. Yep. And
0: the Turtles love comic book shops. Yep. Is it possible maybe they're uh, basically more on Electra? <laughs> then oh, Raphael oh, from Teenage Mutant oh, Ninja Turtles. Be Electra.
1: You're right. You're right. Possibly. My bad. My bad.
0: But I love this sequence as well. The way this was filmed. You have Penny and Gladys fighting with size cut with Josie singing in the club. Oh. Uh, Jughead and Kurtz have to sit and watch. Kurtz has a great line about, "No, you're the second player. You're not." in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh and eventually they both get the shit kicked out of him, but uh Gladys does win, is about to kill Penny Peabody yeah. and Junkett says, no, you just have to win. Gladys stabs her anyway.
1: <laughs> that was awesome. He stags her right in the leg. It's like, guess you going to limp Yeah. Oh, uh, that's
0: great. I'm glad she's back though, honestly. I'm glad Petty is back. I'm glad we have I
1: don't know. I think she should have just stabbed her right through really? the chest. Yeah.
0: I, this show kills people too often. It's nice to have those recurring second-tier villains popping around,
1: yeah. Uh, like you, you think what this? We need more Papa Poutine. Is that what you're saying? Yes. No. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> we need a uh, little Poutine, baby Poutine, <laughs> cousin Poutine, second cousin Poutine. Well, I'm sure they're coming down the pipeline because if Alios is out, then you know we got to get some Poutines in there.
0: Yeah. So Gladys goes to the emergency room. Jughead chains Kurtz to the truck. Uh, and they get the last quest, which is to save the princess. They go to the junkyard, and there's two fridges. They have a griffin and a gargoyle sign on them, and Kurt says, it's the lady or the tiger. Choose Mm -hmm. one. Jellybean is saved. Choose the other one. You die. Jughead immediately opens both of them. (laughs) She's in neither of them. They're
1: both empty.
0: Yes, they're both empty, and uh, and, uh, he pulls a gun, Kurtz pulls a gun on Jughead, says, get in the fridge. And Jughead says, no, not until I know Jellybean is safe. Mm -hmm. And they call Jellybean, and Jellybean is just at home, says, hey, I was at home. I played Griffith's Gargoyles with uh, little Ricky. I hope that's okay. Uh, And now I'm home, and I'm cool. Sorry about that, Jughead. How much
1: do you trust Jellybean at this point? What? Oh, because she didn't say anything about the Gargoyle King and all the shit that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It was weird. I think maybe she was t- being told what to read, maybe or
0: something. Or she's in the game as well. At this point, after what happened with Tony this episode,
1: I'm willing to believe. You that don't trust that. I don't
0: trust anybody. Wow. The only people that I trust at this point are be- the core four. And maybe that's,
1: that's why uh, the you know f uh, you know the Mrs. Jones was like, yeah, you guys gonna have jelly bean. I'm gonna get out of here.
0: Yeah, because she's a little demon child. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, we don't get necessarily a sense of that afterwards, but that scene definitely played weird to me. Uh, but Jughead gets locked in the fridge. He managed to break his way out. When he breaks his way out, he sees Kurtz there on the ground with the Gargoyle King standing over him. And at no point he's like, I'm going to take off your mask, Gargoyle King. Instead, once again, he runs in the opposite direction to go see if Jellybean is safe. I understood the impulse. I know he wanted to make sure Jellybean was okay. But like take the extra second and unmask the gargoyle king,
1: right? Well, I mean you're if you engage the gargoyle king, you don't know what gargoyle king is. maybe got a gun, a knife, there was a sure. gun there, you know. So like Jughead was just it was fight or flight, and he was like, I'm gonna go save Jelly Bean. I yeah. think it was a smart choice. Do you think Kurtz is dead at this point? Look pretty dead to me. Yeah, he looked dead. Well, let's say he's dead.
0: Okay. Rip rip Kurtz. Uh so they get back, Jelly Bean is absolutely safe. Uh, And then we get the big end of the episode. Gladys is in the hospital. Uh, Jelly Bean Jughead uh, actually asks her to stay, says keep our family together. But Gladys says no, it's best if she disappears for a bit. Uh, And she heads out of town and we get a sweet, sad scene. Jelly Bean stays. Gladys leaves. Gladys says goodbye to FP. Then Jughead and she walks out of the Jones house. Um, I thought this was great. This was played really emotionally, and it was sad, Um, and it was played in just the right way. I hope Gina Gershon comes back to the show because she was great on it.
1: She was. Yeah. Yeah. It was a nice send-off. It just stinks that, you know, Josie also didn't get that kind of a nice send-off, too, where she got to say goodbye to everybody. There were so many goodbyes in this episode, yes, so many yeah.
0: people leaving, uh, that there was there was as usual so much went on so much so much before we wrap this up though anything else we missed i feel like we covered a lot in the episode um
1: yeah no i don't know man it was just such an emotional roller coaster i can't think of anything else it,
0: it really was i i feel like a lot of fans are going to feel similar to what i did but probably even stronger about the farm thing but My take on it, even though it makes me uncomfortable, it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. And I actually, at the end of the day, after I watched the episode, felt like all right, we got three episodes left. Now that I know the farm is evil, we're going. Dude,
1: what do you mean now? Now the farm has been evil the whole time, and for some reason you've mm, been drinking Kool-Aid. I don't know, man. They they seem pretty
0: good for a while. Oh my god. And honestly, if they
1: they could turn out to be good next
0: episode. No, but I feel like
1: They can't turn out to be good, (laughs) but well, what happened to them touching Tony? Huh? Well, but if they let go of Tony,
0: maybe it's okay.
1: I mean, touching
0: Tony that makes me mad.
1: Okay, so keep that. Hold on to that. uh, Don't let go of that. But being friendly and
0: helping people through their pain makes me happy.
1: Yeah, but they're doing it in a way that is deceiving people and not helping them. I don't know. And they all also, seem to be. Also you gotta sleep with the fucking main guy to they, stay there. It's he's fucking very creepy. Hot. Uh, they Jesus, that has nothing to they, do with that.
0: They all seem very together on stuff and saying join us, join us at the same time, and I appreciate a good <laughs> unison. Some <laughs> harmony is nice every now and again.
1: <laughs> stop being an asshole. My Please point stop is being what I was actually asshole. getting towards before you interrupted
0: me. My point is we have three <laughs> episodes left in the season, so I actually feel like okay, I hate this, but I hate this on an emotional level, but we are going to be done with this very soon. We are going to get past this, and it's going to be so emotionally satisfying when they fuck up the farm and they fuck up the Gargoyle King. Like, that's, that's how you build a good narrative, right? It's supposed to hurt. It's supposed to feel bad. It's supposed to feel uncomfortable and terrible the entire time. So that ultimately, when they beat, if you make it as hard and horrible for the heroes as possible, when they triumph, it's that much greater. And they are going to get to that point. Uh, And it's going to feel great because right now it
1: does not feel great.
0: No. Who won the episode, Pete? Who was the winner of this episode for
1: you? I mean, it's it's clear and obvious. Oh, is it? Yeah, Yeah. Betty Cooper. All day, er, day. All that woman, you day can't break her. Err day. You can't. All day. <laughs> err day. Stop it. All Don't you day take Betty away from all me. Stop day. it. Oh, fucking smack all that microphone. What,
0: what would you have done? What would you have done if they were like, join us, Betty? Join us all day, err day?
1: <laughs> 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 uh, I'm just so proud Answer of Betty. Answer the question. <laughs> I was just so proud of Betty for not folding B. under the pressure. Answer the question. <laughs> 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 I probably would have set my TV on fire because <laughs> dark Betty yeah. and me roll tight. So uh, yeah, I'm just so happy that they. You can't break Betty, man. You can't break yeah. Betty. She is too strong. Too fantastic. (laughs) Stop
0: hitting that desk. It hasn't done anything to
1: you. Uh, Fuck this desk.
0: Yeah, Betty was amazing again in this episode. That she was able to get away from the farm was so good. And that Lily Reinhardt was able to sell that scene silently almost joining and giving up at that point, but pulling back. Just with their eyes. Great. If you want to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft
1: in New York. Come
0: on by and you can join us there.
1: (laughs) Pete, what else do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow
0: us on Twitter at comic book live and at Riverdale Dark. Also on Instagram at Riverdale After. And uh, comic book club live dot com for this podcast and more also you can subscribe to the podcast all sorts of places you can do iTunes of course Google Play Stitcher we're now on Spotify Radio Play a bunch of other places that I'm forgetting CastBox other things tune in check it out if we don't have this on your favorite player let us know and we will add it there and we will see you after
1: dark